Hi, this is Chris McGregor of Discerning Hearts. Can you please help support this vital ministry? Discerning Hearts is a 100% listener-supported Catholic apostolate. Now through the end of August, please prayerfully consider making a sacrificial gift to help us raise $30,000 to fund truly life-changing Catholic programming and prayer. The financial contributions of listeners like you enables us to continue this important ministry. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Your donations are fully tax-deductible. Again, between now and the end of August, please visit DiscerningHearts.com to make your donation. Thank you, and God bless you, from all of us at Discerning Hearts. DiscerningHearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. Monsignor Essif is a priest of the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania. He has served as a retreat director and confessor to St. Teresa of Calcutta. He continues to offer direction and retreats for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Esif encountered St. Padre Pio, who would become a spiritual father to him. He has lived in areas around the world, serving in the Pontifical Missions, a Catholic organization established by Pope St. John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially to the poor. He continues to serve as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, and sisters, seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building a Kingdom of Love. Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. It's it's those who trust God many times in this world suffer greatly. And many times they watch the wicked triumph, apparently. And uh, I, I think, you know, there's a message here for a little boy who's going to school and knows that there's another child in his class who cheats on his tests. And uh, it's, it's, now there's a little test there right from there. You know, you're, you're in fourth grade and you see someone who uh, is cheating on an exam. And you think, well, what about that? And uh, the teacher doesn't seem to get on to it. And the boy really does very well. Or someone who uh, is applying to go to college and someone somehow or other through cleverness and through some kind of machination and lies gets accepted at the college you wanted to go to. And, you know, shucks, it just seems as if there are people who do uh, so much better. The industries of... uh, pornography and uh, drugs, the people are making millions and millions, and the people see this. Uh, You know, what about that? Many of the holy ones uh, have a message. The original one who gives it is Habakkuk, and he describes it very, very interestingly. He's a prophet of the Jews, and he's he's addressing God. Are Are you not From eternity, O Lord, my holy God, immortal. O Lord, you have marked him for judgment. O rock, you have readied him for punishment. Too pure are you and your eyes to look upon the evil and the sight of the misery 
that you have condemned and that you cannot endure. Why then do you gaze on the faithless one in silence while the wicked man triumphs? He devours another man who is more just than himself. You have made man fish of the sea like creeping things without a ruler. And here's here's where he kind of switches of what a fish is. He brings them all up into his boat. He hooks them and brings them into his power. And he rejoices and exults. Therefore, he sacrifices to his own God, which is the net that he has brought them in, and he he burns incense to this God, which is money, to in, in his sight. And he thanks God that this portion is his. He is generous in looking at this wonderful repast that he is sumptuously eating. Shall he then keep on brandishing his sword to slay the people. So here he is, this wicked person, is apparently enjoying and rejoicing in his, in his wickedness. It, it seems as if, for a time, God is kind of sleeping at the wheel. And uh, Habakkuk does say, Then the Lord answered him, Write down, the vision clearly upon the tablet so that one can read it readily for the vision still has this point to make if it delays wait for it it surely will come it will not delay the rash man has no integrity but the just man because of his faith, shall live. And I, 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 you know that very famous saying, for what, what it is, that if it delays, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. That statement of Habakkuk, God is not late. We're just a little too anxious. And so to make our judgment with regard to things of this world. In other words, uh, we really have to look and see how things really turn out. You know, wasn't it an abortionist doctor, you know, who says, I can satisfy this woman's by aborting her baby? And wasn't it Mother Teresa who says adoption rather than abortion? And wasn't it Mother Teresa who, in the face of Hillary Clinton, asked her to open up a home for pregnant mothers so that they could have their baby. And she actually did. I I think of Edith Stein, Teresa Benedict of the Cross. And I think of Hitler. When I think of that prophet Habakkuk saying, today all of Germany are embarrassed by Hitler. And the millions and millions who suffered because of his anti-Semitism. 
because of his horrible stance as to the superiority of the Aryan race. And so here we have this little Edith Stein being honored as a saint of the church. And wasn't it Stalin who said about Pius XII, how many divisions do you have? And I think of uh, Walter Chiswick, who suffered in a Siberian camp for 25 years of imprisonment and who is now being considered for canonization in the Catholic Church. You know, the, the judgment, wait, you see what happens with the wicked man. See what happens with the just man. And how the we are, are really called upon to be faithful during this period of time. It's not so much, as Habakkuk says, aren't you the God who is going to punish the wicked and evil in your sight will be destroyed? But I think what the scriptures are telling us, Jesus was telling his apostles. In scripture, a demoniac is brought to the the disciples. I'll just read it and see what our Lord has to say to his disciples from the Gospel of Matthew. A man came up to Jesus, kneeling down before him, said, Lord, have pity on me. My son, who is a lunatic and suffering severely, often he falls into the fire. He often throws himself into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus said in reply, O faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I endure you? That that lack of faith that we present to our Lord at times just it disgusts him in a sense, and he's 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 just oh how long will I put up with you? How what a perverse generation this is. And I believe he could say that about our generation. And the thing is he said The man said, I brought him to your apostles, and they could not cure him. And our Lord then takes and drives the demon out of the man and instantly cures him. And then the apostles and disciples come back and they say, Lord, why couldn't we do this? Now, this this is really a key answer. He says, Amen, I say to you. If you had faith the size of a little mustard seed, you would be able to say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing will be impossible for you, not for God, but for you. So that what I find in the face of adversity, what I find in the persecution of the wicked, of those who are living good lives, you see, it's not good enough to be good. God didn't just simply ask us to be good. 
He asked us to be faithful, to have faith, so that we have the power that he had. Nothing is impossible for you. And so I find an awful lot, St. Clair, this woman who abandoned everything like St. Francis, and these two establishing a civilization of love that endures to today. When you go to Assisi, you experience the spirit of Claire. It's, it's in, in the whole place. You experience the spirit of Francis, the power of St. Claire to transform her whole world around her because of the faith she had. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, uh, you know, you would be known as St. Chris of Omaha. <laughs> and, and Omaha would be just like Assisi. And there's nothing impossible. And, and that I would be, and why not, John of Scranton. The, the holiness of our power to transform our environment. Nothing is impossible with God. And I, I find that our, our looking at the wicked who are apparently running the world, if you see this in politics, if you see this in business, if you see it in education, why is it there? Especially if I'm going to be in the midst of these and this environment. John Paul II said, For us to be truly effective apostles in our day, we have to change our environment. And we have that power because we have the ability and the power. I think what you're doing in your work in the airwaves and with your beautiful little little community that you're setting up, discerning hearts, What a magnificent transformation there's coming in you, in in the group around you, and in the world emanating from what you're doing. And so I'm so grateful for the gospel. It's good news. Nothing is impossible for you, is what God says. And we, in the face of all the adversity, are going to triumph. Amen. Hallelujah. How wonderful. (laughs) Well, the key is trust, isn't it? I mean, isn't that where we just keep messing up over and over again? Yeah. Yeah. And and God repeats the lesson because we keep forgetting. And we as little children, because even an hour or two after you've heard it and you say, I want to, I will, I'll have this faith that will move a mountain. And yet, in an hour or two, we become quite discouraged when we see the darkness roll in and the storm come by, and we seem so powerless. And yet that very power is within us. Yes. At the heart of the prophet, I mean, when you look at Habakkuk and, and all the Jeremiah and all the other ones that we've been hearing, to be able to say, remember, remember, and yet people are so <laughs> stubborn. Mm-hmm. How do they continue? I I love what uh, God told Jeremiah. 
He said, they have hard heads, but I'll make your head harder. Mm. <clears throat> Isn't it wonderful? So often God refers to himself and, of course, to Peter as a rock. What's harder mm-hmm. than a rock? And, and so that we are, are, and then there was a movie made about Rocky. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's when, when you're, that, that's the story of Rocky Balboa. And that's why I think it was such a successful movie, because he's just a very almost nothing kind of person in where he was, but because of his perseverance and stick to And he had that toughness that says, I can do it. I can do it. Well, and also, Monsignor, I mean, at least in the beginning of that particular movie series of Rocky, I mean, and I think throughout, and you look at the lives of the saints, there's always virtue. Even in the in the prophets, I mean, and that's the danger. I mean, today people, even if they are proclaiming the kingdom, and it, I, I notice this on the blogosphere, you notice it in the media, you can even see it in the parking lot of a church. There, because of that fear and lack of trust, this anger and angst, and even how they speak about one another in the church, mm-hmm. it is it it's so oh gosh, it's just so ugly. It's with, there's nothing like the example. It's, it's really, why do, we, why do we follow a Mother Teresa? Because of her example. What uh-huh. was the witness of Edith Stein? Her example. She, she died for her faith. What was the Maximilian Kolbe? What, what are these heroes? And certainly, I think of the loving witness of St. Clair. Um, uh-huh. The, the magnificent day-by-day espousal that she had for poverty, for the poor, and for Jesus Christ. The, the, the witness of, that, of their lives. And so what you are shouts so loud, I can't hear what you say. The, the people sometimes of this world can can learn the words. I, I was thinking recently of this uh, wonderful priest. I don't know quite what's happened to him, but he he was in, and for a time, um, he, he you know he talked and he preached, but then he he, he said, um, "Well, I, I they called me father for a while, but now I guess I'll just fade off the scene or something like that." Mm-hmm. And so often I, I think today's witnesses many times f- seem to disappoint those that are the preachers because their lives don't back up what they're saying, mm. as, as Claire's did mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I think they investigated his, his, his lifestyle. It was uh, a lot of money and a lot of disobedience to his order. Mm. How tragic. Yeah. How tragic. So, you know, that, that. that kind of witness doesn't, doesn't stand up to the life when it's examined and put under the light. These stars of ours uh, have their, their light shining. And that light is any star. You know, Jesus Christ, superstar. Stars shine at night. It's when the darkness comes that you can really see the power of the star. And, and so it will be 
and always has been. It's when the cross comes that we see the suffering and the dying and the union with Jesus Christ that makes this particular star one who has been united with Christ. If I am united with him in his suffering and death, so I will be in his resurrection. And I believe, you know, uh, someone like uh, Martin Luther King, who, yes, the truth will set us free and we shall overcome one day. And Sunday is the day of, of Easter. Every, every week we want to remember that. Sunday is the day of Easter. Yes, today. The freedom and the overcoming is triumphant today with Jesus. And so each day we can celebrate the victory. You know, we are victorious. You have to pass through Good Friday before you get to Easter Sunday, before you get to the resurrection. And that's that union with Jesus Christ and the hope and the trust that we talk about today is that that hope says yes. Today is our hope. Our hope is now. Not when it happens, but it happens now. Because we do believe, as Jesus said, when I stand before that mountain and I say, move, I really have the faith that it will. And that's what makes hope today. Not the future, but now. It's so important, uh, just to put a cap on that, Monsignor, that we pray and we discern so that we hear the Father's will, not our own. And that's what we trust in, and I think that's what you've really guided us in. You see, when I'm doing the Father's will, and all is dark around me, and it seems as if I've chosen the wrong, the wrong horse to follow, as it were, then my hope, because... This is a winner. Jesus is really triumphant. This is going to be the one who triumphs. And I have that so deep in my heart that I know I am, I am victorious because the resurrection will come. And that's, that's, the, that's what the Christian walks around always aware of. Though he is in this world, his heart is in heaven. And that's why I believe Teresa of Avila can say and St. Clair can say to us today, heaven is all the way to heaven for those who love God. To have it today, enter into heaven, enter into paradise, be invited by St. Clair, by Habakkuk, by Jesus. Have a heavenly day. Thank you so much, Monsignor. God bless you. You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com, or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. 
This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer rock-solid and authentic spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essef.